0: You're listening to Tap into the Truth.
1: My name's Joe Biden. All of this is more than half of Americans
0: think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history.
2: I keep forgetting I'm president. Gotta be free the way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. You're taking your right to self-defense They say you're safer, but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn in their guns. All the unions always ask for all we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've got to be free.
0: Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. With all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, you from historic Roane County, Tennessee. And uh, you know, lots of stuff going on, and not a whole lot of time to discuss the individual topics like I normally like to, because. I have two guests on uh, for you today. In fact, the way it's going to break down, for those of you that are listening on terrestrial radio, is you're going to get to hear guest number one, a Pulitzer Prize-nominated investigative journalist, Mr. Troy Anderson. We'll be discussing the brand-new book that he has co-authored. And uh, then we're going to have our traditional Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards that ran a little longer than expected. So we're going to have the first part in hour number one and then we're going to carry over this second part into hour number two. Now, what that means for those of you listening on terrestrial radio is that you're going to have two days in a row getting to hear uh, good old Ron Edwards because obviously hour number one gets played on Monday and then hour number two gets played on Tuesday. So, you know, you'll get a Double barrel dose of the man who's blowing away the myths. Uh, that is Ron Edwards. Before we do that, though, did want to uh, talk ever so briefly about probably one of the more important stories that are ongoing at the moment, and that is this situation that has occurred at mar lago with the FBI uh, conducting a raid, getting a warrant. A search warrant, which is normally very narrow in scope, normally very specific about what it is you're looking for. How they uncharacteristically, and definitely not according to the book, uh, made the Trump lawyers leave the general area. Generally speaking, Donald Trump was already in uh, New York uh, to be deposed on a different matter, so they knew he wasn't home. And there was absolutely no reason why an attorney for Donald Trump shouldn't be present. In fact, most of the time, uh, according to information that I've heard directly from people who have worked as FBI agents in the past. uh, Yeah, surprising, right? Uh, We're actually able to talk to people that have worked in this field before and who've done this type of activity. They've said that uh, ordinarily you want the attorneys on site. It makes things a lot easier, especially after the fact. So, to make them leave eh, was very suspect. Well, we now know at this point in time that a big chunk of information, well, the documentation, I should say, that they take, that they removed from Marlago, happened to be documentation that was under uh, client privilege when it comes to the attorney. Yeah, I mean, you've heard the phrase before: attorney-client privilege, right? Do you know what that means? It means it's a private communication between you and your lawyer that only your attorney is privy to, that by the confines of the legal system, there is no one else who should be able to legally access it. They got their hands on paperwork they shouldn't have. In an act of desperation, I have no doubt, because I've become convinced this, well, I was suspicious from the get-go, I've become totally convinced at this point that it was nothing more than a fishing expedition. The continued effort by leftists, both in the ever-expanding, super-marshy, deep-swamp, deep deep state of the United States government bureaucracy, who are working for the leftists to occasionally get elected under the auspice of being a Democrat, that they're colluding to try and keep Donald Trump from having another opportunity to hold the office of president most likely out of fear of their own uh, current position and their continued ability to hold it, to gain wealth at the expense of the American taxpayer and at the risk of the security of this nation. I'm convinced of it. Some of the documents that they took was under executive privilege, meaning that uh, Donald Trump had every right to keep those to himself as well. All the classified documents have been demonstrated to have been declassified. There is not much left, legally, that they have. However, because the search warrant was so vague, they've allowed themselves the ability to root around and try to discover more. These are dark days, and these are the actions of a banana republic. With that being said, though, let's go ahead and have that conversation with Troy Anderson so that I have enough time to get uh, everything else in for today. So uh, here you have a conversation that I had on Friday afternoon with Troy Anderson. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that very brief break. And it is now my distinct honor and pleasure to welcome back to the show. Mr. Troy Anderson, who is a Pulitzer Prize nominated investigative journalist and the author or co-author of multiple books. And they have a brand new book coming out along with uh, retired U.S. Army Chaplain Colonel David Gamorna. Uh, and, uh, uh, Troy, first, before we jump into things, I do want to talk a little politics with you that I want to talk about the new book. But uh, before anything else, how are you doing this evening?
3: Oh, yeah, I'm great. It's uh, great to be on
2: your show.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, as always. I I appreciate it. Uh, Been a little while. In fact, it was the last book that you co-authored with uh, the colonel that you came on. And uh, a lot of similarities in the titles here with the military guide being uh, that very beginning, the stepping point. But before we talk about the new book, I do want to get your thoughts on what we are currently seeing with the apparent weaponization of the Justice Department, as they seem to be targeting uh, the former president of the United States uh, and most likely next uh, candidate for the Republican Party, uh, Donald John Trump, uh, what's your feel for this, and does this actually relate to the new
3: book? Yeah, I mean this uh, this uh, you know raid of the Mar-a-Lago Mar- uh, c- Club. Uh, it's it, it just, you know, it's just outrageous that, uh, you know, it, I think it's pretty much obvious to everybody that this is a, a weaponization of, of po- politics and uh, we've never you know seen something like this in the history of our country take place. Um, you know, only time will tell what exactly documents they have, but, uh, you know, I would, I would suspect that, uh, it's, it's nothing uh, anywhere near the magnitude of what they're, uh, you know, trying to make it out to be. So, um, you know, I mean, this is going to have a, a chilling effect on people running for, you know, the presidency, and uh, and the future of democracy itself. There's been people speaking out around the world about this abuse, and uh, it's, it's hard to hard to believe this, this has happened here in America.
0: Yeah, well, I, I recall having multiple conversations uh, during the previous uh, uh, electoral uh, cycle uh, back when Donald Trump was first running. And the discussion then was, should Donald Trump go after Hillary Clinton for known crimes? In fact, some that are very similar to what he's being accused of now. And the general perception then was that while it would be tempting and while a lot of us would actually like to see some actual accountability for those people who have held those trusted positions, that it set a very bad precedent And it wasn't a bridge that they wanted to cross for fear that it would suddenly become the norm. Uh, It doesn't look like the current administration has any concerns whatsoever about uh, opening up this particular practice.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what this demonstrates is that this current administration, you know, uh, President uh, Joe Biden uh, has, you know, openly said, you know, several months ago that uh, America needs to lead the new world order. He um, he wrote an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal a number of years ago saying how I learned to love the New World Order. Uh, he, he's on board with the World Economic Forum's you know Great Reset plan. This this new global system they want to bring on board, and so this this raid of, of President uh, uh, Trump's uh, uh, Mar-a-Lago Club just demonstrates that you know that they will literally do whatever they possibly can to push their agenda forward regardless of uh, the cost to America, to freedom, to liberty to the principles this country was founded upon, uh, you know, as we've seen, there's been countless uh, essentially made up uh, scandals that uh, the media has, um, uh, you know, disseminated. And uh, and now now we're watching you know, the, this with the, the FBI. It's just, uh, it's just un- unconscionable.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really is uh It's frightening if you've been watching this slow, incremental uh, movement from the political left in this country. And uh, I kind of see Joe Biden as being somewhere between a cross between a weather bane for the National Democratic Party, uh, because he can tell you which way the wind's blowing, but also kind of an empty container. Because I I don't really think, especially when you look at his uh, 50-year past in D.C., uh that it's a natural evolution to go from the places that he has been politically the stands that he's had to where he is at now so he's basically kind of become a hollow container and his handlers are putting a lot of the new democratic ideology which actually isn't all that democratic altogether but with that being said uh let's start talking about the book some because i i know uh you're anxious to to get some uh Some eyes on this. Brand new book uh, first uh, became available back on August 9th, the time of uh, our conversation being August 12th, so it's only been a few days, but I would imagine if it was anything like uh, the last book that uh, you guys did, that is probably doing very well already. Uh, The title, of course, is The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies, and Triumph in Truth. So, While there was a lot to disseminate and I think a lot of uh, room for people to kind of understand how people intentionally try to be deceptive in order to win the game of uh, manipulating you, uh, it really does uh, come back to you guys focusing on how it's been used as a military tactic as a starting point, and then the analogies are made uh, moving forward. And, of course, a lot of uh, being... uh, the colonel, having been a chaplain for so long, a lot of uh, Christian viewpoints used in there as well. But uh, what would you say is the most important aspect of this book compared to some of the previous ones you've written?
3: Yeah, so I mean, I've been a journalist for three decades, and I've never seen a time in our country's history where the, the world, America, and the world is so deluged in, in deception. You know, from the whole the whole woke movement, the cancel culture, all the disinformation, the fake news, the, the obvious propaganda, and even, even psychological operations. In the military, you know, America has done this, you know, historically. They would conduct what's called a PSYOP on other countries to, uh, you know, either uh, try to weaken their military, persuade the people not to... You know, take up arms. The very, very you know reasons why psyops would be conducted on other countries and other militaries. But now we see essentially psyops being you know target, redirected onto the American populace over the last several years by our own government and uh, and by the deep state, these sort of behind the scenes uh, power brokers. And uh, so we, we're just living in this time of just you know massive deception when. When Jesus' disciples asked him about the signs of the end, end times, the first thing he said is, watch out that no one deceives you. So Christ foresaw 2,000 years ago that we would be living in this time of, of great deceit. And so what we've done in this new book is is combined, you know, the turtles three decades of experience and uh, wisdom that he gained in the U.S. Army. You know, my my experience and learning from being a journalist and and merge that together with what the Bible says, the biblical wisdom and how you navigate uh, uh, deception, how you overcome deceit, how you, uh, 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 you know, can navigate this this new world we find ourselves in. And it's especially, uh, I think it'd be especially helpful for parents who are trying to explain to their kids, you know, this this very strange Orwellian new world we find ourselves in and, and help them, you know, re- uh, come to a realization of what the truth is. You know, Jesus said the the truth will set you free, and uh, we will live in this time of great deception. And at the, at, at the at the root here, this, the stake of all this is our eternal souls. There's a great spiritual battle going on in the background between the forces of good and and darkness, and and uh, you know, essentially, the Bible tells us that uh, you know if we don't uh, turn to God, that you know we could be separated from God eternally. So there's a there's an eternal aspect to this. And that's that's why we why we wrote this book.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, your your points are well taken, because I I remember under the Obama administration, when they first acknowledged that uh, they were actually running psyops on the American people, but they referred to it as the nudge squad. They were just trying to nudge people into the approved behavior. And it's only gotten more uh, insidious since then. And, uh, what we see, as you, as you rightly said, with the woke culture, uh, there is such a, uh, a stigma to refuse to acknowledge that objective truth even exists. All truth must be subjective. You must honor my truth more than the truth, because the truth is a form of oppressive white supremacy, whatever the woke crowd wants to throw out, uh, to make it sound bad after that. So, I'm very, very glad to see that you guys are still working on making sure that this information is available and that you're pointing it out because it's so hard for people to stand up right now and speak out because of the cancel culture that goes along with the woke. And to tell the truth, I normally focus on the political side of things more so than the spiritual. But there is absolutely no question that we're not just fighting against woke ideology. We're fighting against evil. And uh, more people like uh, you and the chaplain uh, really need, well, I should say the colonel first, uh, really we need those voices to remind us that it's more than just are we trying to save the republic. We're literally trying to save people's souls for uh, for eternity and it is a fight that it feels like we're losing so the fact that the encouragement is there uh, I I really really appreciate it um I mean I I sit here and I keep uh, trying to find the right words to express how much your guys work means to me um I was really impressed with the last time we got together. It feels like it's been longer than what it has been because I was looking at it, and it's it's been better than a year, but it feels like it's been two or three, Troy, so I'm really glad to get to talk to you again. Uh, I may have uh, asked the question before, but before we uh, start wrapping things down, I am kind of curious, and for the purpose of the listeners, how was it exactly that you and the Colonel got together in the first place?
3: Yeah, so what happened was I'd, I'd co-written a book called Trumpocalypse with uh, Paul McGuire. That came out early 2018, and a couple months later, the, the Colonel uh, Giamona got a hold me out of the blue, and uh, he said he'd written a book called The Making of a Warrior. And so he was praying, asking God, you know, so I've written this book, now what should I do? And he he told, later told me that uh, the Lord had told him look up on your computer screen. Apparently, my name was at the top of his LinkedIn page. We were we were friends on LinkedIn, but you know, like you got thousands of people you don't really know them all. Right. And so he he called me out of the blue, and I just remember thinking, you know, because I was I'd written a book called The Babylon Code and Trumpocalypse that were actually investigative exposes of globalism and, and the threats that uh, you, know, you know the dangers that the, our country is facing and the world's facing, and, and now we've seen a lot of this stuff unfold. And so when he called me, I, I knew about these polls that said about 60 to 70 to 80 percent of Americans highly respect the military. And so I thought if anybody would listen to the to the dangers we're facing, they'll listen to a U.S. Army chaplain and colonel. And so then we, we wrote the book. It ended up being called The Military Guide to Armageddon, became a number one bestseller. And then that, that one did so well that the publisher asked us to write another book. And so we thought, you know, what's the what's the. What's the next? What should this next book be about? What's the biggest story in the world? And I thought, it, you know, it's deception. There's this massive deception going on. That's the key tactic that the enemy uses against us. That uh, uh, the Bible tells us about. Uh, uh, you know, sort of describes the the devil as a master military strategist with all these, you know, dark forces under his command. And and so this, this book is designed to help people navigate all this. Uh, you know, encourage them to be, you know, become soldiers of Christ, jo- join God's army, and uh, uh, learn how to walk in the, the supernatural power of God. That's going to be the key to, to you know, navigating these these uh, perilous, perilous times that we find ourselves in. All right.
0: All right. Uh, obviously we are now quickly running out of time, but before I let you go, I, I want to give you a chance to to throw out any final thoughts you would like to share uh, reasons or uh, why people should go get the book or what you hope people will take away from it. And then after that, let them know where they can find your work. And uh, if you're inviting folks to follow you on social media at all, let them know where they can find you there too.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah, so we hope this book would be very inspirational and encouraging to people. Um, the, the Colonel and I formed a ministry called Battle Ready Ministries, uh, so they can find out more about us and, uh, and the book at battle-ready.org. We have a newsletter they can sign up for. We also have a, a study guide and a leader's guide, so small groups and churches can do uh, a, st- a study on the military guide, Darmageddon uh, Bible. And uh, the books, this new book's become a number one bestseller, too. And it's available via Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you know, Baker Bookhouse, pretty much anywhere books are sold. And uh, we we just hope that uh, this book inspires people and and encourages them to, to get involved in the in the fight to, to save freedom and and uh, our country. All right.
0: Well, thank you so much again, uh, Troy. As I said, I really appreciate you coming on and spending uh, part of your very valuable time with us. And I appreciate even more. The hard work that you guys are doing. Uh, next time you get a chance to talk to the Colonel, please send my best to him as well. Uh, God bless and Godspeed to you, sir. And best of luck at keeping this book as successful as the last.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. It's a, a great honor. All God right. bless you. All right. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: that was uh, Troy Anderson, uh, co author of the brand Ooh. new book, The Military Guide to Disarming. Deception Battlefield Tactics to expose the enemy's lies and triumph in truth. Available in hardcover, and there will be a link in the show description uh, taking you to Amazon.
4: I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap into the Truth. To the many good and decent men of America, a time of reflecting upon and showing appreciation for all you do. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. You often pay for a dinner that no one was grateful for. Sometimes you didn't know if you'd make it to payday. Thank you for trying your best to be a good man in society that often devalues men. Though you sometimes see your life passing by with your dreams still only in thoughts, you keep it together. For who in this society cares anyway? Most likely, you, the good men of America, will not hear, but I'm proud of you, even though those words of encouragement would help encourage you. You work long hours and leave all the day's frustration at the door in order to be there for your children. Because, like my own dear Departed dad, that's what dads do. Yes, the many good men of America shoulder the weight of the world for their families and, when needed, their country as well. To the many, too often unrecognized and underappreciated, good men of America, I, Ron Edwards, salute you in appreciation. God bless you, God bless America, and may America bless God. I'm Ron Edwards. Find out where you can enjoy the Ron Edwards American experience via theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronetwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase. And to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for uh, staying with me uh, through that very, very brief break. And it is now my distinct honor and pleasure to continue the tradition on Sundays here on Tapping to the Truth with having that Sunday afternoon conversation with the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience. Yes, that's right. Once again, welcome back to the show, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, again, as I always say, thank you so very much for your time. I appreciate you uh, giving up that very valuable commodity that you have and you uh, share with us so generously. And uh, how are you today?
4: I'm doing great, thank you very much and it's always an honor to be with you and uh, to have an opportunity to speak not only with you but uh, with your audience as well and it's uh, really great and love being on your show. said you're, have you're, you know you're such a good quality host and uh, you uh, you know just I'm just glad to be a po- small part of your broadcast.
0: All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words, and uh, I will endeavor to live up to that assessment, sir. Thank you. All right. Let, let's jump into things. There were some big stories. A couple of them are dominating the newsfeed. Actually, one of them's really dominating the newsfeed uh, because of political uh, affections. We'll say, uh, obviously, the left wants to attack Trump. Uh, because they're scared the crapless of him, and the right wants to protect Trump because they see him as the possible next nominee for their presidential hopes. But at the end of the day, this unprecedented move into Mar-a-Lago by the FBI does deserve a fair amount of attention. But there are some other things that have happened this week, and one of them I want to start with because it's pretty important too, and it's going to have more long-lasting effects on us as Americans than however this shakes out with the the Mar-a-Lago story, I think. And uh, then if time allows, we will try to sneak into another very important story. But let's go ahead and start with that first one. This so-called uh inflation reduction act which seems to be an excuse to uh, further empower embolden and weaponize the irs more than anything else has now officially passed the house meaning that it is on its way to joe biden's desk which there is no reason to believe for a second he's going to hesitate on signing it so this we might as well start treating it as the new law of the land uh First of all, we barely had a chance to talk about it last week, and at that point in time, when you and I were discussing it, the on the in the Senate had not completed, so we didn't quite know what the outcome was going to be, but by the time I was done uploading last week's show... Uh, they had finally passed it from the, ha- from the Senate and that just left the house. And we had already seen Nancy going to break next speed. Uh, I still contend that a big part of the reason why they want to push this through as quickly as they have is because they're scared to death. What happens when the American people find out everything that's in it. And, uh, I'm yet to be able to parse through all of it because it's extremely dense, everything that's in it. I don't know too many folks that have gotten all the way through it and the folks who claim to, uh, some of them I don't think I necessarily trust as a reliable source of information, but Mm -hmm. I I think the big takeaway here is according to Nancy Pelosi, uh, her primary reason here is a devotion to Gaia mother earth. Uh, was this something that Nancy did strictly on religious grounds wrong?
4: (laughs) My God, that's, I mean, she's a great comedian and doesn't even know it. Uh, you know, Mother Earth, Mama Earth. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I know the uh, the Earth, according to the Word of God, uh, travails. Uh, and she's one of the examples of why the Earth does travail. Uh, I mean, this is crazy. Isn't it ironic that she is great friends with China, which is one of the great abusers of Earth, if that's what you are to believe, I mean, they are opening up more coal mines. They're doing the the total opposite of what they want the United states to to do. They're using what they have, which is a lot of coal to run their country. And if you were really concerned about earth, it was if it was all about your little god, Earth, wouldn't you be welcome to Ron Edwards' page title the Seven Pillars the of Society, which are earth government. By China? Our- and I think Russia and, and other nations, but particularly China, um, they don't even clean their coal like we do Well, when we were using coal. Um, so they just use it and belch it out like we did in 1945. I mean, with no improved technology and they, they just do their thing. So we know this. We all know that this whole situation is about killing the United States economy. By any means necessary, whether it's Gorbachev's Green Cross, which is what they're following through the um, the uh, environmentalist movement, anyway, and Mother Earth and all of that stuff, squeezed in for good measure. Uh, it, it, it's it's funny, but it's enraging at the same time because we're we're being, being screwed by this. And see what what's going on. Um, My friend is that if this is not stopped, if Republicans don't get get in and reverse this madness, because it's going to pass and it's going to be scribbled on, uh, you know, Joe Biden will put his X on it. um, If it's not reversed, we won't have much of a country economically to leave to our grandchildren or beyond. Yeah. Our great grandchildren can really forget about it.
0: Yeah, I think that the biggest things that people really aren't realizing is the strong negative economic impact this has. It basically, it doesn't just handcuff the American economy. Uh, it literally puts the, uh, the the old ball and chain figuratively uh, directly on us and uh, puts us uh, dr- connected up to a freaking wall that we can't get away from. It's horrific the yeah. damage that this does and our ability to be energy independent, which is the... Fundamental uh, cornerstone, the, the beginning point of us being able to have the strong economy that we need moving forward, especially as we advance technology. Uh, also, though, Ron, I still see a lot of people arguing about the intent of further empowering the IRS that's in this bill. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, this also is one of the more scary aspects because I'm sorry, Ron, I think we mentioned it uh, last week when we were talking about it initially and I still stand by it, the IRS typically does not target the most wealthy Americans because they can afford lawyers. They can afford the best attorneys and they will fight for years and years and then more often than not, uh, those wealthy Americans will win their lawsuit and it's the middle class, particularly the lower middle class and below, who typically don't have much of a choice because they don't have the means and resources to put you up much of a fight against the IRS. And then even if they find a way to do it, by the time the IRS is done dragging this as far as they can in the courts and then eventually uh, claiming uh, the the win for the individual citizen here, they don't get their stuff back. They don't get an apology. They don't get anything. I I mean, I'm sure you've heard some stories. I've uh, had some personal Discussions with people who literally were small business owners uh, when they ran afoul of the IRS. And years later, they finally won the, the lawsuit. But by the, it was, by the time it was all said and done, they'd lost their business. They had lost their family due to divorce over the continuation of the battle. And they lost literally everything in their life that had meant something, anything that they had built, everything that had been in their mind, their piece of the American dream all taken away by the IRS when they were in the wrong and still nothing returned, nothing that could be returned with the exception of the money. And they never got that
4: back. Well, here's a solution, my friend, instead of going individually as a middle-class family, maybe um, to make it a big issue, maybe a thousand families in Tennessee, a thousand families in Michigan, or even Many thousands of families from across the country come together in a huge class action lawsuit. And there you can pull a large sum of money without one individual family being drained down to the last bone of their of their uh, resources. Big can conquer big. And if the people come together and and fight, and as you say, it, it takes years. How many times have you seen? these big class action lawsuits where you see these advertisements, like there's one going around now. If you served or were lived near Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1986, please join us in this class action lawsuit because of contaminated water, which may be causing cancers and other maladies throughout. And and so we have to uh, pool together into one big entity and then we can even up the score here and and, and get our stuff back or prevent our stuff from being taken. Um, we just that's you know that's goes in line with what I've been saying, Tim, we have to come together in mass and that's another way of doing it. And there, I don't know why it hasn't been thought of before. And it's something that can easily be done. There are some great constitutional lawyers <clears throat> that would love, love to, to get involved in something like that. You know, lawyers always want a real big uh, situation to be involved in. And I think that's that's a perfect uh, solution to this. That way we eat, Everyone only loses a little. And we have a much bigger fighting chance. It's a big it's a more public issue. It's uh, out in the forefront because you, you would have, I'd say, millions joining in together in the lawsuit against the Internal Revenue Service. Because here's the thing, Tim, and this needs to be exposed. The real reason why they're coming after the American people, yes, to destroy our wealth, to destroy the middle class, that's true. But here's the other reason. They purposefully devalued the American dollar through their asinine policies. Actually, they're not asinine. They're, they were purposefully driven, intelligently driven evil policies to devalue the, the strength and power the, and prestige of the American dollar. As a result, nations that were propping us up via huge loans aren't doing it anymore. They're saying, screw you. What you going to do now, Uncle Sam? So, they're using, they're trying to come after the American people for the money they feel that they're losing through these stupid loans, which they should not have been receiving anyway from these foreign nations. Instead of reducing the amount of money they choose to spend, if they just chose to spend, let's say, if they stopped and and backed up to the level of spending to let's say during the Obama years, to that level of spending since they've gone far beyond that, just stop and froze it. This would begin to reduce the the budget deficit and the debt because the economy is larger than it was during the Obama administration. And so you'd still be bringing in more money than you were during that time. But the main thing is that they're trying to make up for what they feel that they're losing and they're willing to take it out of our hides. They're so evil, Tim. They are so freaking evil. And I don't
0: think there's any doubt about that at all. Uh, Anyone who uh, isn't prepared to use the word evil, unironically at this point, uh, you just haven't been paying attention and I'm really getting very sick and tired of, having to tell some people they haven't been paying attention Ron I don't know about you but it's clearly uh, the case all right uh, switching gears just a little bit uh, yeah I, I don't even know where to start with how many things are wrong with how this has been set up including the media's reaction and it didn't do me any favors this morning I, I did something I haven't done in a while Ron I had a little extra time so I I was watching some of the Sunday uh, shows. And getting a a good dose of what a lot of the pundits on the left were saying in regards to this, and I really can't believe that we're getting uh, people reporting on the mainstream legacy media that this was a very heroic move on the part of the Department of Justice and doing a a necessary thing and how this is further vindication of all those people that believe that Donald Trump could have never been trusted with national secrets in the first place, and and a few other various quotes that I cannot say for fear that the words that slipped out of my mouth when I first heard them might yet slip out of my mouth again. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was not a good thing, Rod. But uh, this happened, obviously, this past Monday, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, and now we've had a week to see this unfurl. And I haven't gotten a very good look yet on the search warrant, but from what I have seen, I know it was released uh here just the last day or two and we had a chance to look at it but i'm trying to see exactly where the specificity about that uh, a word that i I swear i can't say on a regular basis specificity and i'm still not saying it right uh you know yeah there's the word thank you Rod. uh the way to help me out i appreciate it. but that is required for a search warrant to be garnered short of having one extremely terrifying uh Uh, statement uh, from uh, a witness to get a judge to sign off on this, because basically it looks like permission was given to grab whatever you saw. Uh, It it very well could cover, uh, if it looked like a a stain on Melania's underwear might have been somewhat in the shape of a possible word in in some different language that, okay, well, that's a document, let's take it. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, What are your thoughts about all of this from the beginning, the fact they did it and then this search warrant as
4: we've seen it. Well, first of all, the fact that they did it, it was a way to announce to all Americans, to all freedom loving Americans, all God loving Americans, all straight family loving Americans. They were basically telling us, screw you. We are in control. We, we, you know, your, even your God has allowed us to do whatever the hell it, we want to do, and there's nothing you can do can do about it because we don't like Donald Trump. We can do whatever we want to do despite the fact he was a, 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 he was a um, sitting president at one time and yada, yada, yada. This is basically them telling us, don't worry about it. we got this and there's nothing you can do. and we dare you to try. And, you know, it's, it's, it, to me, it's in the same light, um, different subject matter, but in the same vein as what's going on with the January Sixers, who are still locked up in the American Gulag. This was a Third World Banana Republic activity that happened at the uh, at Mar-a-Lago. You don't like your political opposition, even though they're not in power Many of the people like them. he could come back, so let's try to destroy him by any means necessary. We can't kill him, though they're trying to do that too. Um, we will destroy him because there's enough idiots to believe he's got to be a crook if something like this happens. Unfortunately, that is true. Many Americans are idiots, and they will look at this. And many are rejoicing. Many of my neighbors are rejoicing. They're really talking about in, in, with much joy because of what has gone on. And I, when I say they're cocking about, I am not exaggerating. More flags are, 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 are hanging around and everything like this. They really are filling their oats. And so, the, the you know, when they seized all those boxes containing records covered by attorney-client privilege, some of those things. And then you have a personal note from Kim Jong-un and other world leaders because, oh, wait a minute. Even though he was our enemy, he respected Trump. And I think he did call Trump a friend. Because Trump approached him, yeah, from the position, yeah, you know, I'll blow your fat ass, I mean, behind up. (laughs) But I will respect you if you respect me and let's work together. And Kim Jong-un respected that. He said, Hey, you know, you, you when he, when, remember when Trump went to the demilitarized zone now, now. and I didn't know you were, remember, I'll never forget that on the video. I didn't know you were, I didn't know you were coming. Good <laughs> to see you. I mean, how, when was the last time you heard a world leader speak like that to um, our president like that, like a neighbor almost. And the left in our country, And, Tim, you may want to shut me up for saying this, but I'm looking at what happened in Mar-a-Lago and what continues to happen to our fellow patriots in the American gulag. Some of them are getting beaten, and I um, had one of them, Tom Caldwell, on my own show recently just this, this past week, and he's still in communication with some of them. They're still getting beaten. They're still getting starved. And when they're fed, it's bad food. And the only reason why he 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 got out is because he would have died, and they didn't want that death on their on their uh, record. And so these activities, Tim, are letting us know, hey, all you prayer warriors, all you people on the right, la di da da da, we're in control. And this and they really think that they've got this thing locked, lock stock and barrel, but. I, 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 I tend to think otherwise, despite how bad things are, I still t- tend to think that um, a great remnant is going is to coalesce in various segments of society, and there's going to be a big surprise coming. I don't know how. I don't have any details. I'm not that deep. But this is, this, this is awful. This is one of the most awful things that has ever happened in the history of, of this republic turned mob rule democracy. And it for the good and the sake of continuing to be even rightfully called the United States of America, this has to be vigorously opposed by whatever means necessary. Because trust me, Tim, they're doing things, they're figuring out ways to come after everyone who has patriotic leanings. Hmm. Why do you think they did what they did to One America News? See, they're they're working, and they go after patriotic pastors, and they go after, this is what they're doing. But because, and this goes back to your point you made earlier, Tim, about the Republicans, when they get into power, they don't use that power. How often do they not? You didn't. I'm I'm paraphrasing you, but how often do they not? You fully use their 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 the the advantage that they have when they have the advantage because many of them, like Deputy Droopalong, Mitch McConnell, agree more with what the Democrats are doing than what Donald Trump did. Remember, it was McConnell who said Trump's agenda is not my agenda. You have too many Republicans, many who run for office. Talking the right way, and then they get in and they, they act more like Lizard Cheney or uh, McConnell or the former uh, Paul Ryan and people of that ilk. And David, what's his name? Chase, I think uh, from um, Utah, and he's on Fox all the time. He, he stabbed Trump in the back. You, 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 the number of people that Trump, that stabbed Trump in the, bo- in, in the back, Tim, will amaze you, will shock you, or you, you may already know and have, have gotten over the shock by now. And this, this thing that happened with Mar-a-Lago, and I know you're aware of this, this is, the, this is exactly what happens when nations are overthrown by the communists. That's the next step. That happened in Venezuela. It happened in the nineteen fifties in Cuba. It happened everywhere. It happened you know like crazy throughout Africa. Right.
0: Yeah, there's there's absolutely no uh no question that this is a precursor. I mean even China, Iran, even China came out and said that uh, when this occurred uh, the US has officially uh devolved into a a banana republic i mean when china's calling you out for it and this may be the first thing i have seen china say in i don't know uh maybe a hundred years or so (laughs) that i actually think they got right uh it's a scary situation and again uh it's hard to argue and to continue to hammer home this point about what are republicans really going to do uh, the only reason Democrats ever are able to win elections in this country is because Republicans don't follow through as firmly as they should with all the promises they make. Uh, we heard instantly when news broke of the raid on mar lago that uh, well, they better be keeping their receipts and they better have uh, all their documents preserved because there's going to be this, there's going to be that. And at the end of the day, what is it all going to amount to? Because we heard the same promises about Hillary Clinton. We heard the same promises about Sandy Berger. And I'm sorry, Sandy Berger got a slap on the wrist. And he did things that are far worse than uh, what Donald's being accused of here. Even with the so-called... Uh, hints that nuclear uh, secrets could be involved with this document. And that kind of quietly went away. I haven't heard that mentioned again in a couple of days. Have you, Ron?
4: And the reason why it went away is because they know it's not true. And, and if, the, if they go to try to prove it, and then the details come out showing that it's an out-and-out out lie on a big scale, then they lose a lot more support and they look dumb dumber. Uh, to the incurably ignorant masses, and they cannot afford to have that. So that—that's the only reason. That is the only freaking reason that um, you know you're not hearing about that anymore. Because that—that—that's—that's that's a horrible lie. Mm. What about all of the documents? You know, they're saying the 30 million doc, documents taken by uh, Ali Obama they're saying because it's not thirty million it's it's a lie and you know they they, they did a fact check on it and acting like none were taking when that's not true but he did take a lot of documents he, and some of them were sensitive Yeah, he did he had the right he had the right to take it as a, as, a good, as a as a as a horrible president he had that right and he did that
0: yeah that that's the other thing that i was kind of leaning up to when i had mentioned hillary because a lot of folks have made this connection between what hillary did and all the uh, efforts that she went through to try and hide whatever was on the phones and what was on the private server, and uh, how any of those emails ended up on Anthony Weiner, I'm sorry, Carlos Danger's laptop. <laughs> and uh, it, it's so astounding, but here's the big thing that nobody really wants to talk about, except when it comes time to defend uh, Barack Hussein Alu al Obama, and that is the fact that The president, due to the way they have manipulated things for a while now, the president has unparalleled, and to some degree the vice president as well, unparalleled ability to declassify documents pretty much Mm -hmm. at any point in the the time of them holding the office. So a lot of what Barack took may have been sensitive, but he declassified them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what Donald has has evidently also been declassified. There's been no evidence shown as of yet that any of it wasn't. So there's really no argument, no legal bearing. And based, again, looking at the way this uh, search warrant was written, it looks to me like that initial reaction that a lot of folks had seems to be pretty accurate. This doesn't look like it was anything more than a fishing expedition hoping to further their advancement of the January 6th uh, story,
4: I'll call it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a physical version of, and please forgive me for not remembering the movie, but there was a movie, I think Tom Cruise starred in it, in which they had the capability to go after you for crimes that you may commit in the future. A minority report. Yes. And so this was a paper version of that. Let's keep looking, let's keep looking, let's keep looking because we believe that there's something wrong in one of them, there are boxes. And we're going to keep looking until we find something that we can pin on, on him. And because there are so many people that don't like him, because he's a good guy, we can do whatever the hangnail we want to do. And that, you know, and that's it, it's, it's that base, it's that low level uh, of an operation. But the reason why it can happen is because China was right. We have become a giant banana republic. And I, I was so in agreement with, with what they said. And you know the other reason why they said it? Because, as much of an enemy as China is, and Kim Jong un and all the rest, one thing that, that, that the Chinese and these other enemies like is a strong enemy. It, what I mean, someone they, an adversary that they respect, they respected Donald Trump and grew to grudgingly like him. And when they see something as great as United States, their, 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 their arch enemy, the United States, crumble, self-crumble, they, they lose respect. Oh, look at them, they're punks. They look, they, they've just punked themselves out. There's no, there's no respect. And that's pretty bad. You do so much harm to yourself. It's like this guy wants to fight you, right? And you walk in the house and you go and you, you go to the mirror and you start beating yourself up and you beat yourself up so bad you're injured. And so you walk out there to face your enemy and he doesn't have to do anything because but 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 just tap you and you fall over because you've already beat yourself up. The United States has voluntarily prostrated herself on the globe's scene. What can we do? We've uh, winnowed down the power of our mighty military to nothing compared to the other two, uh, to Russia and China combined. We winnowed away the power of our once mighty mighty dollar, thanks to uh, Nixon getting us off the gold standard and the rest spinning out of control. Actually, the nucleus of all this decline began under the Woodrow Wilson administration. I mean, we've done more to ourselves because, as I've said throughout the years, no one else could hurt us but God. No one else could really take us down but God. We were the most powerful thing uh, of living organisms in the world other than God. It was God, then the United States. We At one time, we, it was exactly that way. And now, um, they've they've in their desperation to make the United States whole, nothing, so that they won't be mad at us, we'll just be like a common nation. We'll winnow away our own greatness— so there will just be an equal nation, and which is retarded because the United States is supposed to be representative of the possibility of a better life for humanity, unlike any other nation since God put Adam on the earth. And so when you give up that God-ordained greatness, you just say, Yuck, just spit it away like it was just garbage or whatever. And you that's why—and they know, you, many of our enemies, man, believe, understand— especially Putin, he understands the principles that the United States was supposed to abide by, and that's why he respected Donald Trump for trying to reconfigure those principles in the United States because it was Putin who said, you nations are supposed to be Christian, but you all are the biggest hypocrites, you all are the most crooked. He was, he was really talking, talking at uh, the European Union at the time and Ukraine which all and to, to varying degrees call themselves Christian nations with the exception of Turkey. He, he, I mean, this is why I have so much respect for Putin without saying he's a good guy, but I do have a lot of respect for the man because he, better than many Republicans, pointed out the hypocrisy and the stupidity of, 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 of basically of us giving away our own greatness and our own power. And you cannot, it's just like Tim, You know how black people are running around in this country always yapping about uh, slavery and things of that nature and how the white man, the white man, they don't respect us. Well, hell, how can anyone respect you if you don't respect yourself? And the United States has basically taken her skirt and put it over her head and is like the harlot whore, a self whore on the world stage. and, and, And no one respects a harlot a real harlot no one respects that no, does that wrong. make sense i mean does the comparison make sense to you or
0: um no, unfortunately it, it rings true way way too much i i just it's not that i have to disagree with you it's that i freaking hate to have to agree with you you know <laughs> that's uh it's harsh imagery, but it is absolutely accurate. I, I can't fault your uh, reasoning. Uh, you are correct, sir. Uh, as, as we have multiply uh, uh, addressed the idea that respect is something that must be earned and that uh, it also must be given before you can expect it to be earned, I think that seems to be the over. Uh, Overarching theme of the conversation so far, and almost everything we've talked about, uh, a lack of self-respect and a lack of respect of others uh, simply leads to uh, de-evolution into mob brutality. Uh, which does seem to be the path we're on. Ron, we are running long in this segment, which actually I kind of like because I like uh, delving into the topics a little bit deeper than uh, we uh, usually get to. But I need to go ahead and take a little bit of a break right now. So uh, if you will bear with me to the other side, we will pick right up where we left off. Meanwhile, you guys stay right where you're at. You're listening to Tap into the Truth
3: with my special featured guest, Ron Edwards. And we'll be back right after this.
0: You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better.
2: make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn duet. You're taking your right to self-defense, they say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in their guns. Always ask for more. all we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've got a bit free. The
0: damn UN. And we are back. Thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I am honored, as always, to have with me my Sunday afternoon guest. This the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, uh, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, before we jump back into any topics whatsoever, please let everybody know
4: where they can find you and your work. Thank you. And uh, you can find me... Every day, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific via the Ron Edwards American Experience. And to find out where, simply go to TheRonEdwards.com and uh, you'll find information about where you can find the show and also about a little bit about the Ron Edwards American Experience, as well as the Edwards Notebook Commentary and also a very, very good coffee product as well.
0: All right. Uh, before we get to this week's discussion of the seven pillars, which we have covered three so far, we've got four more to go. Uh, I did want to touch on a topic, a couple of stories that in my mind are very closely related. And uh, the fact that, quite honestly, granted, the big story in mar lago is kind of overshadowing everything, but uh, these are important stories that are not getting hardly any coverage at all, and I would like to help remedy that. This is important. First, we saw Salman Rusty uh, being attacked mm-hmm. uh, just before going on stage, stabbed in the neck. Fortunately, it looks like he's going to survive, uh, and uh, he's going to be all right. But this is a result of a decades-long fatwa that has been called against him. And uh, then we also got news that there was a aborted attempt against John Bolton, former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., uh, also as a result of a fatwa that's been put forth by the Iranian government. Uh, Meanwhile, we still have Joe Biden trying to dig us back into the so-called Iranian deal, which strangely enough, the only reason we're not back in at 100% is because the Iranians are wanting more than was ever offered. (laughs) So uh, It's not like Uh, The smart uh, people are in charge currently, at least on our side of the Atlantic. But uh, what, in your mind, is the overarching uh, concern from these two stories? Because while there's a lot of difference in why the patois have been called, there is still this major important. And there's been a lack of focus, Ron, a lack of focus. uh, And I may have mentioned uh, this to you in our uh, pre-conversation before we uh, came on air. Uh, the fact that once upon a time most conservatives had at least some focus on the the whole idea of pushing back against the uh, effort to uh, you know tear down America that this obvious case for the Islamic world uh, in as a matter of philosophy is at war with uh, america and with western civilization as a whole the counter jihad movement uh was a focal point of a lot of folks and doesn't seem to be in focus too much should these events help to refocus a little bit of that counter jihad activity or is this just a one-off and there's really something else uh more concerning that we should be uh looking
4: at um i'm going to make sure i understand this so i don't sound like a complete idiot but um Concerning the stories, just ask me that l- last question again. I, okay. It, it,
0: uh, basically, should these two stories, the uh, the thwarted attack on John Bolton and the uh, successful attack but yet unsuccessful in so much that Salman Rushdie is going to survive, should these two attacks refocus uh, American conservatism on counter-jihad activity, or is there something else more insidious that we should be looking at?
4: I think we need to look at that and other things that are more insidious. I mean, to me, they go hand in hand. It, it used to be Americans have always been the target, or those supporting American ideals have been the have, the, have been a target when our, our our ideals were considered to be good. But yeah, I think there needs to be a counter force against this kind of activity, and uh, even if it if, even if it's uh, you know to protect someone like John Bolton another backstabber of Trump. But, uh, you know, it's, he's still an American citizen and um, he has done some good. And uh, we, we need to become a force in the world again where there is, you know, um, fear. We need to re- reinstill the fear of, well, if you get caught going after Americans or, or those that support us in any way, there's going to be a big heap of trouble. We're going to keep looking for you. And um, there's got to be. We just cannot just Look the other way or just let time pass and because appeasement only brings about encouragement of those who would carry out these kinds of activities. So what you know, what if they had gotten their way and they killed John Bolton? What if they gotten they were more successful with Rusty and and, Rushdie and killed him? They tried to and he almost died. They think he'll recover now, but uh, the the fact is he was attacked. And so, yeah, we need to, I'll just just say it frankly, we just have to become a little more nasty in the world. I, I just, because see, a lot of people forget, especially in the in, amongst our, the Christians, they forget that you deal differently between nations than you do between individuals. You, if you attack me, even if I defend myself, I'm obligated to forgive you and try to make peace, this, that, and the other, because it's an individual thing. But nation to nation? Organization to organization, organization fighting against a nation or whatever. Nope, it's totally different. You you go after them and you clean their clocks by whatever means you need to. It's called espionage. You know, and we need to have a lot of that, but the espionage that works on behalf of the United States, not U.S.-grown espionage to work against we the people right. to undermine our nation. So.
0: Yeah, I don't think it does us any good to uh, look at parents who are attending uh, PTA meetings and (laughs) claim they're as domestic terrorists when we have actual terrorists uh, crossing our southern border, for example, on the fairly regular. And uh, we'll say it's okay because they fall into a category of people that are referred to as gotaways. And, you know, we really don't know how many of those there are, so uh, it couldn't be that bad. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, you have Uh, mayors in New York and and Washington, D.C. that are getting a small sample of what Texas border towns see every day, and they're losing their minds. But, you know, it it still kind of circles back around to the idea. It's been a while since I've heard the phrase Islamophobia thrown around, and knowing that that is a place where the left likes to go when it comes to trying to silence conservatives who are uh, discussing the threat of the jihadist Mohammedans. It it really makes me wonder if we haven't kind of lost focus altogether. But part of the reason for that, I suppose it might be legitimate, Ron, and correct me if I'm wrong, don't we have bigger fish to fry here within uh, the United States? Uh, We have people currently, supposedly in charge of our government that may be a bigger threat to this country than any jihadist ever thought about.
4: Yes, because... Not only are they a a threat in their own right, they compound the threat that they represent by appeasing enemies, by letting them into our country by the thousands every single day. So they're a double threat. They're a domestic and an indirect international threat. And and see, this is why—and I wish more people would, in the name of Jesus, read the Constitution— From beginning to end, just in one sitting, and study those amendments because there are certain instructions in what we, the people, are required to do if the government is not operating on behalf of the interests of the United States of America. And with the exception of the Trump years and the Reagan years, the United States government has not overall been operating on the, according to the best interest of uh, we the people or our nation as a whole. They have not been. And on that technical basis, we do have the authority as the people, we have the authority to actually go into the Capitol and excuse these people from their jobs. But because they don't know and they don't know that they don't know, they allow themselves, the American people allow the January 6ers to still be an American gulag. Because technically, they did not break the law by walking in because there was a grievance. That is one of the words specific. Which there's, it's, there's specificity. The American people have a grievance. And the reason why we were there in D.C. is because of a grievance, More actually more than one grievance. There are legal reasons that we have the right as the American people to go in there and say, uh, Nancy, you're excused. Um, Deputy Drew belong. Mitch McConnell, you are excused, sir. We have that right. Ali Obama, I'm sorry. Um, um, Uncle Joe, you are excused. Miss Giggles, uh, Kamala, you are excused. And if you don't believe me, go read the amendments of the Constitution. And I will not, and I refuse to name which one.
0: Cause, 'cause everybody needs to read them all. I, I, I I'm on board, Ron.
4: <laughs> so it's there. And 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 it, it just, you know, if um you know if I wasn't a middle aged guy wanting to hold on to my hair, I I'd I'd I have pulled my hair out by now, knowing what I know and what I see what is going on, what is allowed to go to go on even by conservatives. I mean you have these constitutional scholars like uh Ted Cruz, Teddy Cruz He's touted as a scholar, but yet I have yet to hear him announce, well, wait a minute, when it comes to the Constitution, we have the right to voice, to go to the Capitol and to voice our grievances with the government. And if they are not operating according to the Constitution, that's kind of like how he would sound. And we have the right to go in and excuse them from their positions of authority because they're not they're working against us, uh, Tim. They are killing this nation. They are doing a, a worse job than Putin at this time even wants to do. But see there they keep screwing around. They don't tell you how many how many ways they are screwing and aggravating and agitating people like Putin and trying to get a war of agitation going and at the same time and at the same time appeasing the other enemy, the bigger enemy, China, and at the same time putting yourself in a weak state and then by accident you do the right thing by going to taiwan while you're in a weakened state because i think they want this country harmed i really do this i you know i always knew they wanted to harm us as far as our rights domestically and as far as our economy i think they want this this country physically harmed
0: well there's certainly every indication that that might very well be the case uh you know what, Ron? Well, we haven't even gotten to our discussion of the seven pillars yet for this week, and I definitely want to make sure we continue that because uh, they are all important. So uh, let's kind of shift gears there because I have no doubt we will be able to revisit this previous conversation because uh, let's face facts. It seems like every breaking news story, there's evidence of exactly what you're saying. So we'll be able to circle back around, I assure you. Uh this week, we want to talk about the pillar of family. We've been kind of going uh, down the order that you have them listed on your webpage, which is theronedwards.com. And uh, you have a great explanation of how that's all part of how any uh, functional society is allowed to stand and uh, continue. We've talked about media. We've talked about free market economics. We've talked about government. Uh, family it is this week. First one. How is it you define family for those of our leftist friends who have trouble with that? And then how is it that family is one of those seven pillars? And we'll jump off from there.
4: Well, the reason why I believe that uh, of family, since I didn't put these things together, but I believe that they were added, family was added as to one of the uh, major pillars, seven pillars of society, is because, as my dad used to say, a nation is only as strong as her families, especially a nation such as the United States. The United States was built upon, by, upon and by families. And it is because of stable families that we are afforded the opportunity to have what we call the middle class, the maintenance of principles, that are first inculcated into the young minds of, 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 of children by their parents, which are to be reflected in government school. For example, in the family, Tim, a proper um, upbringing of children begins at around one year of age. You start correcting them then. Then when they reach, let's say, eight You start explaining why you are teaching them this, that, and the other. By the time that they're 13, the age of bar mitzvah um, for the Jewish community, but the the principles lie across the board, they are able to act as young adults if given proper instruction all the way up and through. And for instance, when, when your child is 10 years of age, you start giving them the opportunity, with you by their side, to make decisions. For instance, the family wants to go out to dinner. Okay, Johnny or Sally, um, you decide this week where we're going to, um, to 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 go out to to dinner. You decide how much we should give for the tip, and then you give them a parameter. You know it's supposed to be fifteen percent. Da 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 da. And you start allowing them to make these kinds of decisions, which puts them right there in a public setting, and they're learning how to function publicly after you have been teaching them for years how to act at the table and how to act in the home and this, that, and the other with, with principles. And you don't get that. I'm sorry, Tim, you do not get that. 90% 90% of the time, you do not get that in a one-parent household. Now, it's it's more likely you would get it in a one-parent household if the one parent is the father, because fathers traditionally are more logical and more principally oriented. They see things more black and white, this is right, this is wrong, and function that way, if, if he has a good moral upbringing himself. And this is very very important, and the reason why you're seeing, for instance, the, the 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 possible death of freedom of speech. First of all, freedom of thought. Now they're now in the, in the process of killing the freedom of thought. And the reason why I say that, sir, is because since they have tried to kill the the American family and the and the and the importance of of the father, which influenced to a greater degree the thought processes of, of, of the children. Because like I said, fathers were the more principled teachers. Not saying mothers were bad, because there's some great moms who support those principles. And and but they're more nurturing and this, that, and the other. If the father is more cut and dry, son, this is this is what you do. Dot 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 uh, uh, yes, dad, <laughs> you know, and, and and you inculcate that respect for authority. And these things, these little, you know, and, and some people will look at that and say, ah, family, corn, but whatever. But the reason why you have a nasty Pelosi acting the way she is and all of these nitwits in colleges who you mentioned of um freedom of, of, of freedom of religion oh no I, I, you can't say that're that you, you're, 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 you're upsetting me I need a safe space and they are using this to destroy thought the thought processes. this could not happen in a strong nuclear family society couldn't happen and it didn't happen. Until they destroyed the American family, first in the black community, and you saw how nutsville that community went, and now they're doing the same thing on the, on a grand scale, and you see how on a large scale the community is going to Nutsville because of the lessening of the importance in the greater or the larger segment of society of when it comes to the father, the main position of authority. Well, <laughs> And and I don't mean to denigrate moms, because it's not about that, because they're technically equal, the moms and dads, but they have different roles, which must be combined to make for a successful society. But they have to be combined in the proper biblically-based contexts, which are no longer taught, which also impacts negatively the thinking processes of of our students, which become teachers. For example, can you imagine as bad as things were or have been with the hippie dippies that are now in control? Remember, Hillary Clinton was one of those flower children after after she was a Goldwater girl. And then I know what, when she went to Wellesley, she, she turned into this communist freak hippie dippy. And imagine she came from a stable household, although her father died and that, that kind of probably had an impact. And mothers are more liberal and they let all kinds of crap in. And so now you have people growing up in families that make Hillary's family look like, I don't know, holier than now. And when they become older and in in positions of authority where they don't even allow thought. And you have, because of this lack of strong family, there is no consciousness uh creation no 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 building of a, of a good moral compass where oh I you' mean and, 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 and no mean and this no in no means say, saying that our generation or your generation which is I think is the same generation we were not perfect but I I could I probably guarantee Tim, and please jump in and correct me if I'm wrong I could almost guarantee on my life that as a young man, as humanly imperfect as you were, just like me and any every other human walking the earth, you had certain parameters. Well, I'm not gonna go that far. Even if you didn't verbally say it, you just didn't go beyond a certain point because of the impact that your your parents had. Right. Am, am I correct or am I if, yeah, I, if, I'm,
0: yeah. if I'm wrong, No, you're absolutely correct. And I think most people uh Uh, That are at the very least, uh, uh, I'd say to a degree, uh, everybody from uh, Gen X back probably uh, can say the same thing. Uh, Moving from that point forward, uh, the parents uh, influence seems to have been in the opposite direction.
4: Yeah. And so we have to have and also and, and this is most important. Most families, at least where I grew up, and I could probably guarantee, boy, in Tennessee, were all Christians. I would say ninety five percent of families, we were growing up were Christians. Everybody where I went where I lived, everybody went to church yeah. and all and and on Saturday, all the Jews were going to synagogue, at least where I grew up there everyone went to their various places. And we all, even though we had our different, there were the Baptists, there were the Methodists, there were this, that, and the otherists, and and our Jew, and our great Jewish friends, we all operated on very the very same principles: do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Those basic creeds, those base, basic Ten Commandments, those, and uh, and I don't know about you, but as a ch- as an elementary school student. I saw the Ten Commandments on my wall and some of my teachers' walls. I mean, they didn't make it a big focus, but they were there. Yeah. And it reflected what my dad taught me at home. And trust me, we weren't any perfect people by any means, but we were principled. There's a difference. And that's because of the family, and it and and, and I and maybe I keep yapping on longer than I should, Tim. But I'm very, very, very. There's one area where I'm really frightened, where I'm very, very frightened, cowering in the corner, frightened, because I know that my, what my dad said to me and the way he said it, Ron, if they kill the family, they will kill our nation. Because the nation, in the unique way that the United States is set up, she cannot survive without strong families. She can't because it's based upon liberty and freedom. Liberty is freedom with responsibility. What is responsibility? You break it down. In Latin, responsible meets um, your ability. Yeah. So that's that's why I always say freedom. I mean, liberty means freedom with responsibility. Because we have the responsibility to maintain our freedom through self-containment, which eradicates the excuse for what, what's going on now. Big nanny go government trying to cont- control everything down to the last penny, and that is happening. Uncle Joe is happening because mommy and daddy did not keep up their 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 their, their jobs. In in more recent generations, because if the principles had been taught correctly, even with a schnook like Uncle Joe, the impact would not be as powerful as it is now. We would have a greater opportunity to smack it down.
0: Absolutely. And that is why the left has made such a focal point at destroying the traditional family. That's why groups like Black Lives Matter Incorporated have made it a so focused uh point of their uh existence that it was listed on the website to destroy the nuclear family they do not like the idea of a firm male role model a strong feminine role model and children understanding their place in the family their role to learn being brought up in a way that loves the nation and loves and fears God as appropriate, and uh, all of these things lead back to a simple notion, and that is, as long as you have strong family ties, you understand what the role of government should be. It's there to provide a few basic fundamental needs and nothing more. Everything else is up for you to decide. That's the nature of liberty, and uh, I I think that uh, sums it up very nicely, Ron. Uh, We are going to have to kind of leave things right there, but before we go, uh, is there any final thoughts you'd like to share?
4: I don't mean to sound corny, but I just ask you, Tim, and and, uh, your family, I ask your listeners to pray for this nation every single day and pray for God's wisdom because as we seek his wisdom, I believe we, we, we will be undefeated. We will not be defeated. If we seek his face, seek forgiveness for what we allowed as a people, he will hear from heaven and will heal our land. Second Chronicles 7.14. And on that, I thank you, Tim, for allowing me on your broadcast again. and um, And we will continue to pray for our great nation.
0: All right. Well, as always, thank you again for being so generous with your time, Uh, a very precious commodity in these days in particular. And, uh, you know, keep up the good work, Ron. Uh, Godspeed, God bless, and uh, don't ever quit because, man, we need more uh, fighters on the front line, not fewer, and you are one of the good ones, my friend. Thank you for everything.
4: Thank you, sir, and thank you for being one of the great ones. And uh, Godspeed.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that is indeed the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, as a host of the Ron Edwards American Experience. One more time, check him out at theronedwards.com, Mr. Ron Edwards. We'll be back after this brief break. You're listening to Tap into the Truth.
1: My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president.
4: American parents will soon be sending their children off to government school. Why? I don't know. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. As parents once again send their children to government school for indoctrination, your children will be bringing home a school-informed consent form. Please read that form carefully because many such forms say, quote I authorize the health staff to administer medical services, immunizations, and therapeutic procedures to my child as deemed necessary. If you are a parent, be sure to draw a line through the immunizations then initial and date it where that lined outward is and make a photocopy of that form before you the parent not your child should return that form to school whether the document contains the word immunizations or not, you should hand write on the form, I do not authorize anyone to give my child so-called immunizations. Then initial and date that in addition. Do not, and I repeat, do not send the signed form with your child. Take it yourself after you make a photocopy for your records. Anyone who gives your child an immunization without your written consent, that is assault and battery. You've been warned. I'm Ron Edwards. Find out where you can enjoy the Ron Edwards American experience via theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
1: I remember a teacher that I had. Now, I only... I went, I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. And I left home when I was ten years old because I was hungry. And I used to... <laughs> this, is, this is true. I work in the summer and I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher. Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell. he is... Um,
2: He says, I've
1: been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester and it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual A committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity. Allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect. Because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into forty-eight great states. Forty-eight individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. for which it stands, one nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others, for all, for all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too?
4: Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less ascetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase. And to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup.
0: You're listening to Tap into the Truth.
2: It's all been done. It's all been done. It's all been done before.
0: It has all been done before, but, uh, you know, we keep talking about it just the same because we haven't stepped up and stopped it. That's why they say... Those who do not learn from their history are doomed to repeat it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you may have noticed I've not made any special efforts to try to sell you anything, however, at least for this broadcast, however, I would ask you to come visit me at tapintothetruth.com, that's T-A-P-P, com, and, uh, you know, scroll down past recent guests and take a look at, at all the things that, uh, are on the banners and buttons, and click and visit a few of them and see what you have to say. In the meanwhile, what do you say we talk a little bit more about some of the things that are ongoing? I had so much of today's broadcast kind of rolled up into conversations I've had recently. had a conversation last Friday with Troy Anderson, that was back in hour number one. Had a extended conversation with Ron Edwards, so half of that took place in hour one, and Half of it took up the uh, biggest part of uh, the first half of hour number two, and uh, here we are with uh, not really enough time to to get into any one particular topic. However, there are several topics that are worth mentioning, and I will see if I don't just happen to fall onto one and spend a little more time on it. Uh, some of the headlines that are uh, making uh, a little bit of waves. Uh, it would appear that uh, Jeffrey Toobin has announced that he is stepping aside from his current responsibilities. And, needless to say, the conservative people, and I mean the people, have really stepped up to make memes and clever quibs on Twitter and uh, everything from quitting to spend more time with himself Two countless other things with a touch more vulgarity that I can't actually share on air, but most of them flat out hilarious. So I guess at the end of the day, most conservatives would simply respond to the news of Tubin stepping away as just go Tubin yourself. Anyway, uh, also, uh, there are workers, a workers union, I should say, that's suing McDonald's, seeking $250 million dollars, Seems like a pretty big ask until you take a little bit of a look at what it is they're exactly asking for uh, as we take a peek there. It's not in the United States. It's in Australia. But an Australian workers union that represents 250,000 employees is suing the chain, claiming that they refuse to pay break. uh, (laughs) They refuse paid rest breaks. Well, here in the United States, that doesn't happen uh, very much. So, generally speaking, I don't see why there would be a requirement for such a stay. However, every country has their own set laws, and at the end of the day, if a business decides to move into a expanded market, they should be aware of what the laws are in that market. The Shop, Distribute, and Allied Employees Association... Spent two years conducting an investigation and now was targeting McDonald's and 323 of its operations, claiming roughly 1,000 McDonald franchises ignored in a systemic and deliberate manner the mandatory 10 minute break for working four uh, or more hours in a row. The union is seeking damages of 250 million. Okay. So as we're looking at this, it would appear that I misunderstood based on the headline exactly what it was they were asking for. They're claiming that McDonald's hasn't been giving them their 10-minute breaks for working uh, more than four hours. Uh, that That is actually something that does occur in most states here in the United States, too. Uh, roughly a state-by-state state, uh, situation here, but, but yeah, generally speaking... If you work four hours, you're entitled to a ten-minute break. Now, it doesn't have to be on the clock. In fact, most places say that if you're on break, technically you are off the clock. But if you haven't been given that time in which you were due, I can see the argument that maybe you're entitled to being paid a little bit more since uh, you violated the law. I would actually think. A uh, much bigger lawsuit would be in order there. Uh, But hey, you know what? It's McDonald's. It's Australia. Let them do what they want to do. We'll kind of keep an eye on it, but uh, it seems interesting. Another headline out there, uh, Whitmer's kidnapping plot. Uh, Evidently, the FBI informant in the case slept in the same room and smoked weed with one of the defendants. Hmm, it makes you still ponder the question of how much of this was a FBI setup. Or is that just me? I don't know. It feels like somebody should be asking some more questions. What about you? In a way, the FBI use of a confidential human source is, again, a centerpiece of a second trial of two men accused of conspiring to kidnap the governor of Michigan. A jury hung on federal conspiracy charges against Adam Fox and Barry Croft in April, while acquitting two other men charged in the same conspiracy. Two more men pled guilty to the charge before the first trial began back in March. After the government failed to secure a conviction on a single charge in April, federal prosecutors chose to pursue the case against Fox and Croft again. The FBI arrested the two men in October of 2020, after a seven-month investigation into conspiracy and kidnapping, and potential, potentially, assassinate Governor Gretchen Whitmer. While the men made violent statements against Whitmer, and concocted plots, sometimes extravagant, against the governor over her. COVID lockdown regulations, and other actions, the defendant's attorneys have argued that their clients were just venting. Which, actually, I can kind of see that argument. I know I have vented quite a bit, uh, even here on air. And clearly, if I'm saying it on air, I really, really don't intend to carry out any acts of violence. That would be kind of silly. I like to think I'm a smarter guy than that. If I was actually going to do something... Uh, these folks that get together with like-minded individuals who simply didn't like the idea of being under constraint, especially in such a unconstitutional fashion, why are they not allowed to vent? I mean, if you're really coming up with these wild and crazy plans, hey, what if we did this and did this, if you're engaging into some emotional fantasy uh, therapy here, as opposed to actually planning on committed an act of violence, right? Anyway, as I was saying, the attorney says they were just many. The attorneys further argued that the investigation, which involved dozens of FBI agents and informants, uh, well, it amounted to entrapment. Prosecutors have said that the defendants were part of a dangerous and radical group that took concrete steps to carry out kidnapping and potentially killing the governor. Those steps included several training camps and two trips to survey the governor's vacation cottage. Like the first trial, the key part of Fox and Croft's legal defense is the behavior of ...of the FBI's confidential human resource. Also known in some circles as a snitch. (laughs) Or a rat. Or a stool pigeon. Or, in this case, probably somebody that's actually on the payroll... ...not just some random source. Oh, I just happened to be part of the group. No, I don't think that's what happened here, guys. Anyway, in testimony on this past Friday... Defense attorneys focused on the relationships that two informants, Jenny Plunk and Steve Robinson, had with the defendants. Both informants smoked marijuana, a federal crime, with Croft. At one point, Plunk also shared a hotel room with the defendant, at least according to the folks over at Yahoo News. Quoting here, Does the FBI have a policy about opposite gender sources sleeping in the same room? Uh, Croft's attorney, Joshua Blanchard, was just asking the FBI Special Agent, Christopher Long. Croft then asked if Long had ever been a part of a case in which an informant was sleeping in the same room as someone under investigation. Long, of course, replied that he had not. Long also faced questions over the text that he sent to Plunk during the investigation when the group of militia members wanted to distance themselves from Croft. Long pushed Plunk to keep the group together, saying, quote, "You just have to find common ground, show them the good ideas Croft brought, and show them what's workable and not a comprehensive i'm sorry, a compromise." may be needed on both sides. Now, see, that compromise, that effort, is clearly an effort to try and keep the group from recognizing that these guys that are, if not federal agents, are certainly informing federal agents at this point, maybe they're pushing way further than this group was comfortable doing. Even in their wildest dreams, even in their wildest efforts to vent, as we have heard the phrase used, maybe they had no interest whatsoever in actually pursuing anything quite this dark. Just some food for thought. Also, one, let's see, yeah, based on the time allowed, this will be the last one we really even look at. And uh, not all that important in the grand scheme, but... When it comes to talking about Alec Baldwin, I try not to miss too many chances. Uh, Evidently, and again, our friends in the FBI managed to make headlines. Uh, According to a report from the FBI, the fatal shooting that uh, occurred on the movie set of Rust uh, looks like there may be some trouble for Alec Baldwin after all. He was kind of hoping he was past this, evidently. Doesn't look like he made it uh, to that safe ground. An FBI forensic report uh, has reportedly concluded that the revolver that was used during the fatal shooting of the cinematographer, Miss Hutchinson, on the set of the movie Rust, could not have been fired without pulling the trigger. So Alex lied that it just kind of went off, which has been thoroughly debunked by a ton of gun experts as well as uh, several, several media types, not news media, but movie media types. Some of my favorite responses uh, came from Kevin Sorbeau, and uh, then also uh, some responses from uh, John Snyder of uh, Smallville and Dukes of Hazard fame. Not to mention several other things he's worked on since then, but hey, let's face it, that's what most folks know him from. Uh, in fact, i I'm still trying to remind people that he had a, a decent country music career as a singer, uh, although I've been around long enough to know it was probably the only big hit that he had during that time frame. He still had several smaller hits, and, and he did well. Uh, at, at any rate, uh, this particular report comes in response to Alec Baldwin shooting Hutchinson on the movie set after he claimed that he believed... He was handling a firearm that was not loaded with live ammunition. That much may very well be true, but you're always supposed to treat a firearm as if it is loaded. That's the first rule of gun safety. And every uh, professional that handles weapons or manages an what they refer to as the arsenal on set, uh, they teach the actors the same thing. So Alec should have known better anyway. At any rate, the FBI report obtained by ABC News says that the 45 Colt revolver, quote, could not be made to fire without a pull of the trigger. So, while in a quarter-cocked position, a half-cocked position, and a fully-cocked position, you still had to pull the trigger. Didn't matter. If the hammer on the revolver was on the uh, decocked position, The firearm could discharge a round by striking the hammer, which is a standard way that a revolver operates. In an ABC News interview uh, late last year with George Stephanopoulos, Baldwin said that he had pulled the hammer as far back as he could without cocking it, and then he let it go of the hammer, and bang, the gun goes off. So you'll notice that even in that interview, which we talked about at the time, Baldwin had changed his story a couple of times to that point. Uh, He also said in the interview that the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. I didn't. Well, the FBI doesn't seem to believe you any more than anyone else did. Santa Fe District Attorney uh, Mary Carmack Altwey, I think, Uh, trying, I don't mean to uh, butcher your name there and apologies, but uh, effectively said that in a statement earlier this month that nothing was being ruled out in terms of what prosecutors could do. So, kind of looks like there's a good chance that there may yet be some legal repercussions for Alec Baldwin in regards to what happens next in his career. That's, uh, I guess that's going to have to be it. We're kind of running down and running out of time here. I certainly hope you guys have enjoyed the conversations, and uh, we'll definitely get back to you uh, later this week, because, you know, that's what I do. Uh, I I come on, and I do the show. (laughs) I'll get back to you. Sound like I'm trying to duck a phone call. Uh, No, guys. uh, Just uh, I find myself amazed that that I get the opportunity to talk to you, and I, I want you to know that I do not take it for granted, I appreciate the opportunity to reach out and, and to be part of your lives. That uh, If you give up some of your time to listen to the show, uh, whether you're listening on terrestrial radio or if you're listening to the podcast, and regardless of how that may happen, regardless of how it may go, at the end of everything, you still made that choice. You pushed a button, you clicked a button, and uh, you're, you're part of the listening audience, and, and I appreciate it. I really, really do. Hope you enjoyed the conversations with Troy Anderson and with Ron Edwards today. And I hope you'll tune in again on the next opportunity. uh, Again, regardless of how you're listening. That's going to be it for me for now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much. And as always, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly... Use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, one final message for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. before I go. This is Tim Tap.